This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Tuesday, August 10th, wherever and however you're connected, once again, it's great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up alongside a man who is about to name drop somebody very important in college sports circles, Jerem Jordan. Well, we know people. Uh, congratulations to Holly Rowe, who just got the uh, new sideline reporter gig for Saturday night, ABC College Football. That's pretty cool. Well done, Holly. Now, those who have been watching this uh, particular channel and KBYU before should know Holly. Holly graduated from the University of Utah. She's one of our favorite youths. Then she came and worked at KBYU. She would sideline. She would do play-by-play even. She did men's volleyball for years, women's hoops. Um, She also uh, later hosted True Blue. I was a student reporter on that show working with Holly. She was awesome to work with, and it was fun to learn from her. And Obviously, she's been at ESPN forever and been a a big deal. She was hosting True Blue while at ESPN. She'd come in during the week, host that show, and, of course, go across the country and sideline. So she's a fantastic storyteller, and I'm super excited for her to get this uh, new opportunity. I love her story of how hard she worked to get to where she is today. Yeah. Overcoming cancer as well. Yes. Incredible stuff. Gnarly, right? Yeah. And I appreciated her tweet when the U.S. women's volleyball team won the gold medal uh, late last week. She said, I just can't stop crying because she's been around that sport for such a long time. We had her on. We actually were at the Miami Beach Bowl on a Saturday in the parking lot of the hotel off of Miami Beach. And it's a it's two days before the bowl game, and the women's volleyball team's playing for the national championship that night against Penn State. She's a sideline reporter. We actually had Holly on to talk about women's volleyball. Yeah, the like, story was volleyball story in was Miami volleyball. Beach. Yeah, and then the story was uh, people punching each other uh, after the <laughs> bowl game. But, yeah. That, does, is that the second greatest nickname for a bowl game in BYU history? There's the Miracle Bowl. Yes. And then there's the Miami Beach Brawl. <laughs> That's the second best nickname, I think, for a bowl game in BYU history. Yeah, because Red Alert is a play. I know the athletic department doesn't like it. Red Alert is a play. It's not really a bowl game, right? right? It was, pun intended, a black eye, um, (laughs) you know, at the time. But it is a fun nickname. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Do any other bowl games have nicknames? I can't remember. (laughs) No more black eyes on today's show. Our lineup includes a new public enemy number one for BYU Athletics. Has somebody supplanted Kyle Whittingham? (laughs) Is he public enemy No, he's not. I joke. Who is Poe? That's a, another day. Yeah. Okay. Isaac Rex is going to be featured prominently on today's show. He's been nicknamed the Elk by. This is what an elk sounds like, by the way. Okay. Now. Okay. Th- we actually have another one. Go ahead. Okay. Play another one. That's the one. So when Isaac scores a touchdown, by default, we I... have to play the Elk sound. Well, right? I think in stadium they should play it, too. So everyone hears it. Hey. <laughs> Cougar beat writer Jeff Hansen uh, gave us that gem. So the Elk is going to be at the center of today's show. Top five Tuesday will feature the Elk's top five place from last season. I'm pretty sure we're going to hear that sound again <laughs> later. And don't forget, we have a full recap from <laughs> right now. That's Day weird, man. four of BYU football training camp. <laughs> Bring on today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. When Jimmer played for the Pelicans, we'd play a Pelican sound. So, uh-huh. so yeah. 
Day four of fall camp yesterday featured touchdowns, interceptions, many other things in the 20 minutes of media observation in the post-practice interviews. Head coach Kalani Stocky was asked about attributes he wants from the starting quarterback to be named. Win. Score points and win. That's that's what it is. I mean, I, I don't know if we need to break it down other than we have the best leader out there that can put us in a position to, to score as many points as we can. Um, and that's going to be the bottom line. Uh, 2017 Kalani Stocky in 2021. That's what he sounded like at every halftime interview that year. <laughs> Practice five is today, by the way, which means they can go full pads, if I understand correctly. The acclimation period. Some tough news here. Uh, a guy that we recently chatted with in the locker room, Talon Alfrey, is out for the season with an Achilles injury. He revealed that via his social media accounts. We love Talon, and are looking forward to him getting healthy so he can get back and finally play. He's a freshman who had a chance to crack the two-deep lineup at safety specifically. Of course, we wish him a very speedy and healthy recovery. Yeah, it happened during a routine uh, you know, drill before fall camp. Right, and that's so often is the case with Achilles injuries. Yeah, Achilles, you never know, man. He's my least favorite Greek character. BYU Hoops is in 11th seed in the latest Joe Lenardi ESPN Bracketology because August. The Cougars are the third team in and would play Seton Hall in a first four game. They're in, Jerem. <gasps> it's super exciting. It's also August it's, 10th. It's good to uh, sniff the tourney. In August. Yeah, can't yeah. wait no, for... It's, no, it's fun to be in at this point. Yeah. Sure, yeah. sure. Absolutely. How many teams out of the West Coast Conference got into Lenardi's bracket? We'll discuss that later. The BYU women's soccer team returns to Southfield. They will hold their annual blue and white scrimmage tonight. The scrimmage was postponed initially after poor air quality on Saturday. Hopefully that all clears out very quickly because they've got an exhibition game against Weber State on Saturday. The AQI is under 150. Okay. So they're good. Okay. That's sort of what We're they good. want. It's 133 at the moment. Unhealthy for sensitive groups, so Cougar board, watch out. Uh, and Carson, Bill's Mafia. Carson Lundell and us, apparently. Um, we'll get to that. Carson Lundell currently tied for 137th and shooting four over in the U.S. Amateur in Oakmont, PA. Got to be quick with me. I'm from Erie, PA. <laughs> How about some Cougars at the Utah Women's Open? Kirsten Fotu, currently second place. She has a score of three under. Lila Naliai, tied for ninth, shooting three over currently. And this just in, Jerem. The USA Today coaches preseason college football poll just released. Is BYU in the top 10 or top 20, Spencer? BYU receiving a total of 53 votes, which is good for six spots out of the top 25. Number 31? Hey, six spots out, not bad to open up. As we like to say, BYU is 31st in the top 25. (laughs) Yes. Utah is 26th in the top 25. Okay. BYU opponent Arizona State is 28th. Three spots out. And USC is 14th. So one team into the coaches' poll. I... I'm actually of the opinion, I do love the polls preseason, but I'm also like, hey, if you waited like four weeks, I wouldn't be mad either. It gives a little context to the beginning. Sure. But it's also kind of fun when you when you just kind of see who's what. Um, you know, if UCLA is 2-0, they'll be in the top 25, even though they never deserve it or whatever, you know. It, granted, you know, if BYU's uh, 2-0, it has a chance to get into the top 25, I would say, as well. If BYU beats Arizona and Utah, I think they would be, might in be in the top, top 25. 25. Yes. Although this is, this is a poll that I don't like, actually. The coaches' I, poll? The sports yes, information the sports director's information poll? Director's poll. Um, nothing against the SIDs. We love our SIDs. But they ain't watching every game. Uh, writers are at least trying to have a sense. The writers. Yes. They're so yeah. dignified, Jeremy. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> Ralph that, Russo of the a, AP. That's a Colin Cowardism. Yeah. Well, one of the, the writers, writers yeah. pointed out that the AP poll for the writers will be released uh, coming up shortly in five or six days. So on Monday. So yeah, we'll, Monday. We'll, okay. we'll find out. Listen, Where BYU we, falls with the writers yeah. on Monday. Listen, we're not talking about our local awesome Daily Herald, Disney, Salt Lake Tribune people, okay? We love our We're homies. talking about people in the baseball world that won't put Pete Rose in the Hall of Fame. Jeff, Jay, <laughs> Dick, we love all of you guys. You're great. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Darnell. Trending. You're talking about Jared. it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. What's Trending presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. Four days down in BYU football training camp and less than four weeks before game number one. So with four is the operative word, day four of fall camp officially wrapped yesterday, and we have a full recap featuring BYU TV's Dave McCann and Blaine Fowler. Hey everybody, Dave McCann, Blaine Fowler, practice number four for the BYU football team. The smoke out here drove them inside the indoor practice facility. What a nice vibe they had today. Yeah, th- this team has a lot of energy, and you can tell that they're further along maybe than any Kalani Sataki team has been with so much experience at almost every position group. I mean, they're rolling already, and they're only four days into this. Let's talk about the quarterbacks. It's always number one on your list. Uh, we watched... All three throw really well today. Uh, We talked with Baylor Romney after the workout, and he said that it is, I want the job, Connor wants the job, Jaron wants the job. Very competitive. And Baylor told us that uh, Aaron Roderick told him, all three quarterbacks will get equal reps through the first couple weeks of practice, and then they'll start to make decisions on who gets more reps. And in the practices that we've watched, and we got to watch them today, in those equal reps, they've all been really good. Like, there has not been a chink in the quarterback armor at all. I don't think you can pick... Anything that any of them has done apart at this point. So that's a nice thing to have. Yeah. Three really, really solid quarterbacks all performing at a high level. We asked Baylor uh, of the receiving core, what's the biggest challenge? He goes, deciding who to throw to because he's got so many. And, and we'll talk about a couple in a moment. But uh, that group is as deep as we've seen in years. Yeah, and, and Baylor said that uh, – um, with that receiving group, when he comes out, you just have to read the defense yeah. and then get it to playmakers. He goes, that's the job of the quarterback this year, not to go out and make big plays, but to get it to the open guy because all those playmakers can make plays, distribute the ball, and let him go. We got so much, but so little time. Let's talk about Isaac Rex. We just talked to him. The tight end group is as deep and as loaded as we've seen in years. Yeah, Isaac talks about, uh, about to us about, hey, we're going to have a lot of times when we put three tight ends on the field that, yeah. that are out there kind of starting when you go Mason Wake at fullback and then you can play Dallin Holker and Isaac Rex with two tight ends on the field, there's going to be a mismatch someplace. And and that tight tight end room is as deep as it's been maybe ever. Back in full pads uh, this weekend, as soon as tomorrow, maybe some live contact on Saturday. And eventually we're going to talk about the defense, but it's the offense today after the fourth practice for Blaine Fowler. I'm Dave McCann. We'll see you later on BYU TV. Our thanks to Dave McCann and Blaine Fowler for that day four recap. Okay, not surprisingly, Jerem, everybody still has all attention focused on the quarterback race. We will until they name it, right? Yes. Yeah. And when will the quarterback be named? Sounds like it's a few weeks still, um, and, and we'll get to that in a second. But, yeah, it's it's Baylor Romney and Jaron Hall and Jake Conover, obviously. And uh, Baylor was actually asked about the competition, mm-hmm. which led to this exchange with the media yesterday. Um, it's competitive. I mean, those guys, they want it. I want it. And uh, we'll see how, how it turns out in the next couple of weeks. 
reps pretty even? Well, yeah, reps have been even so far. Between the three of you? Mm -hmm. or yeah, between the three of us. What type of timeline has Roderick laid out for you and the quarterbacks in terms of a decision? Um, he just said the first couple of weeks, reps would be split evenly, and I don't know what, what that means as far as how, how far into fall camp we're going to be before reps start to get divvied up differently. Um, but you just got to take it one day at a time and make the most out of that day. All right, Mr. Consistency, Baylor Romney, both in his presentation with his voice and his play on the field. He does have a mustache now. I want to point that out. And he wears the headband. Ooh. So he's got a little more swag. Uh, I talked to him a little bit after practice yesterday. Okay. He's got a little more swag than last year. Like, you can see he's like, all right, I got a shot at being the man here. He feels like he is in prime position to win this job. And that's good. I like that the competition is... the backup is, last year yes. because Jaren was hurt? Yes. Both have had the I'm the backup reps. Jacob has not gone over. He's been the scout squad guy last year, so he's the odd man out in this probably. But interesting to know that, okay, they are splitting reps the first couple of weeks with all three. Jacob's getting a legit shot at being yes. a starter. Now, as with any quarterback race, different coaches are going to have different opinions on different players and who they think should start. So when a starter is named, yeah. don't kid yourself, this is not going to be unanimous among the entire BYU coaching staff. It'll end up being, okay, this is our guy. But, yeah, there'll be a good debate there. Yep. Um, I feel like they should um, make that a web-only thing that you pay 100 bucks. to win. <laughs> I think they could make some money. You want to raise some more money for the all-in campaign? Yeah, I, th I think they could. I, yeah, we've talked about it. Um, I think all three are totally capable. I just think Jaron's going to win. I just think he brings the most to the table. Okay, specific to what Baylor Romney just said, what do you take from that back and forth with his conversation in the media? That Aaron uh, Roderick is giving all three legit shots to win the job. If if he wasn't at, if he didn't actually think Jacob could win the job, he wouldn't give him equal reps as Jaron and Baylor. So I do like that. I think that's good. These these guys are slinging it, man. Like I listen, the reps will be broken down in practice way more by Aaron Roderick and Fesitake and company on offense, right? But when you watch the brief portion that we get to watch the last 20 minutes there yesterday, it was impressive, man. They're throwing it around. Granted, they're not in full pads. The defense is never going to touch the quarterback right, so the actual pressure of that moment is not the same. But these guys are playing really well in uh, practice. Like, It's hard, it's hard to uh, kind of stink in that situation. Like A lot of guys are open. There's not actual nose tackle in your face when it's 7-on-7, da-da-da-da. But these guys are playing well right now. So far, so good. BYU will transition into full pads by Wednesday, and then perhaps... So they're taking it slow. Right. They could do today, if I understand right. correctly. Fifth practice. Right. Yeah. So then perhaps they can simulate some more things when they're in full pads, but we've heard, and it's been well documented, they're not going to do a lot of contact. They want to keep people healthy. Nate, this really worked out for Navy last year. Oh, boy. No, I, I, I think they're doing they'll do some tackling. Sure. I think this is specific to the quarterbacks. Yeah. I like that all of the quarterbacks are receiving equal reps. I think it's at the point of camp where you should do that. And I am very confident in Aaron Roderick and what he has decided to do in this battle. Like I, I have entered the point now where I – trust Aaron Roderick 100%. What reason do we have to not trust him? Exactly. What has he done Nothing. that has said, oh, it's kind of weird. Like, No, Aaron, Aaron Roderick has earned the respect and um, the confidence of BYU Sports yeah. Nation. You produce number two pick, you're good. Yeah, <laughs> that helps for sure. But I like what, what he's doing. I, I've said it months ago. I'm all for getting all three of these guys fully engaged in Falcon. Make it as... 
as intense of a competition as you possibly can to raise the game. See who folds under the pressure and see who rises to the top. I love this. And we'll know who the starters in how many days? Mm. Countdown to the Wildcats. 25 days. Okay. Three and a half weeks. Let's go. I love it. Hopefully we know before that, but we might not know until game time. Good grief. No, we'll know before. Okay. Plenty basically said as much last week. To us. Topic two. Pac-12 reporter John Wilner of the San Jose Mercury News took aim at BYU yesterday on Twitter. The gist of the conversation revolved around this tweet. News from the future. Following Utah's 27th consecutive victory in the Holy War, BYU fans gather in the parking lot, chant 1984, 1984, as Utah team bus departs for Salt Lake. <sighs> he followed that up with, as much sarcasm as we sling, there is zero doubt the Holy War is a great, great rivalry, and college football west of the Red River is better for it. That's that. Okay. React, and then we'll discuss <laughs> something else he put out there. John Wilner is making it very clear that he enjoys trolling the BYU fan base more so than any reporter across the country. Yes. He had BYU the lowest ranked of any writer in the AP football poll last year. Like, the lowest BYU was in the AP poll was courtesy of the San Jose Mercury News and John Wilner. And I think that that absolutely was calculated. Oh, yeah, 100%. Like, I don't know what it is, but he enjoys trolling the BYU fan base more than any other fan base. Let's not act like we don't enjoy trolling other fan bases. So we, we, are, we are equally sinful. Uh, <laughs> are and, we to John Wheeler? Not to John directly. I'm saying me to Cougar Board, me to the schedule, us to Utah fans, us to Boise State, Utah State. It happens. It happens, okay? We're all, we're all having fun. It's he's, all good. He's a Pac-12 guy. It's he's in the heart of Pac-12 country, and he knows how to push the buttons, as any writer should. Like, he's getting a ton of engagement. He's pretty aggressive he's for the exactly average he writer. Wants. He's getting exactly what he wants. He's pretty aggressive for the average writer. We obviously look, work for BYU. We're not like a, you know a unbiased uh, journalist sure. up here. Like, we're trying to present information in the fairest way possible, but it's from a BYU standpoint, obviously. So he jokes 27 consecutive ones. Ha, ha, okay, so I actually got a laugh out of this. I thought this, yeah, was, I thought, this was pretty funny. I was both offended and laughed. It's, yeah, right. It's like, <laughs> ah, I'm a little bugged by this, but it's funny. What? Okay, well played, yeah. John Wilner. Yeah. Uh, but it was what he said next, Jerem, yeah. that really kind of bothered me. He tweeted, Pac-12 schools earn uh, greater than 25 mil annually from ESPN, Fox, Pac-12 network contracts. My guess is BYU's deal with ESPN is nowhere close to that, and Salt Lake City market's already baked into the deals. How are the Cougars of value add in addition to all other issues and complications? He was uh, replying to a tweet from at Cougar Center, Salt Lake City. Okay, so what value would BYU add to the Pac-12, which is our question of the day, William? Okay, can I just point out something first? John, I think, is a very good writer. I think he's educated. He's a good reporter. And he's very in the know. Mm -hmm. I think he's in the details. Very accurate. I think this is one of his rare bad takes because he says Pac-12 schools bring in more than $25 They do that because they're a part of a conference, and the conference structures the deal. BYU is an independent. If BYU were part of the Pac-12 or another conference – they would then have more power as part of a conference to merit that type of money. Like, who's to say that if BYU got invited into the Pac-12, that that would cause the Pac-12's overall value to go down? I don't think that it is the case. It wouldn't go down. It'd probably think, be equal. Yeah, yeah. I don't think that's the case at all. If Arizona had its own TV deal. How much would they be worth? How much would they be worth? I, I would argue that it would be less than BYU. I would think around equal, probably a good basketball deal. 
depending on what league okay. they're in, I guess. But Arizona football stinks. We're talking no. football, though, right? Just B- football? Yeah, BYU's... you're right. Just yeah. football. Yeah. BYU would have would make more money than Arizona football would make. Would or ESPN, Oregon State. Would ESPN want that? Washington State. Yeah, would, yeah. Would, yeah. would ESPN want the mid to lower tier schools in the Pac-12 individual contracts? 25-plus million annual. What does BYU bring? Well, again, you, yeah. you're comparing – Pineapples and mandarin oranges. Well, like this is and let's let's pull a Big Twelve SEC logic here, right? The estimate, uh, who was it? Stuart Mandel was it? The Athletic that if Texas and Oklahoma they they comprise fifty percent of the TV revenue value in the Pac twelve, I would argue that it's probably what some combination of like SC and Oregon, yes, and Washington or something, yes. Where, where if you took out the top two there, then what? Then what? Yeah. Because, yes, there's some good brands, but, like, Stanford's not on the rise in football. Andrew Luck's not walking through that door. UCLA has been perennially overrated, as you've chronicled very well. (laughs) Cal has not been good for a while. Washington State had a good year two years ago, but that was kind of it. Like, Washington made the playoff in 2016. They've been super solid, but not, like, Oregon is your biggest brand. Uh, Utah's been really good, but not actually won the Pac-12 quite yet. So, and Arizona State's always uh, talked about being good, but never actually does anything. So, the, the same idea of if you took Texas and Oklahoma out of the uh, Big 12, 50% value down, right? What would it be? You know, that same idea here. So, yeah, no, USC I'm and you. Oregon decide to go to the Big 10. What's the Pac 12 worth now? Right. No, it's, and, and I would argue that almost every league would have something similar. I think Texas and Oklahoma, their number's pretty big in the Big 12. Like, if you took out Ohio State and Michigan out of the Big Ten, I still think there's some quality properties in there. But you're right. It would be affected in a great way. It's a great point, the individual versus league look at. You know? Well, and the other thing is, well, the Salt Lake City market is already baked into the deals. It's not about individual markets anymore in our day and age. It's about streams and just in, eyeballs in general. In 2010, it was. Yes, it's in 2021. Not, it's not 2010. Everything has changed. Yes. You can and, watch anything yeah. on social media, online. Like, it's just different. How much interest do you generate based on your brand through social media and linear platforms. And interest you can quantify as sales. How many TV ads and how expensive are those TV ads on the on the yes. networks you're so on? So I want John to answer the question that you just brought up. How many Pac-12 schools would garner their own ESPN deal that is equal to or greater than BYU? Maybe three wish, or four? I wish we knew the BYU number. We don't know the BYU number. Yeah, Like Oregon, USC, UCLA probably because of Los Angeles. And then who else? Washington, okay, so Washington for sure, right? So those are the four right there. BYU would be middle of the pack, and may, yeah, maybe the, I would probably guess there's like six to eight, but like the bottom four, mm, I don't know, I don't know. Okay, then again, it depends. Maybe they take low money. Like Liberty has a deal with ESPN now, but it's probably not great. Sure. All right, Jeremy, you asked the question: What value would BYU add to the Pac-12? Let's hear from you, BYU Sports Nation, and go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. Kyle Nelson answers on Instagram. A TV network they can base a conference network on. BYU selling point can be to use BYU TV as a springboard to a conference network. I'm not quite sure that's true. Uh, We kind of integrate with what the big boys do, and we kind of cover the rest. Uh, But we can totally be as helpful as possible in everything. Yeah, we've done our best to try and work with ESPN. There's some misperceptions about... 
money that BYTV brings in and connections with ESPN. Like, we share some cameras, but they don't use our facilities, per right. se. So, yes, we integrate as much as we can, but that might be a little exaggerated right there. Sure. The third tier rights, so the things that don't get picked up by the major networks, BYU TV could absolutely come in. Fill it all in. Yes. I remember watching BYU and USC women's soccer play with no commentators and just natural sound at the Coliseum. And I was like, this is super weird. And it was on the Pac 12 network. BYU TV could absolutely help in that regard. Yeah. We can handle one team and the nine sports we cover. Yes. Pac-12 Network has got a lot more to cover. Okay, coming up, Bracketology in August. We'll break more of that down. Why not? And it's Isaac Rex Day. Begins with a one-on-one featuring Jason Shepard and the Elk. That's next. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. After further reviews, back each week, watch tonight, 7 Eastern on the BYU TV app as Dave McCann, Blake Fowler, and David Nixon break down the film. Tonight's show features players from 2020 who took the spotlight. You can also watch it on demand anytime on the BYU TV app. Isaac Rex has some great hooves or hands. <laughs> <laughs> the elk. Yes, the elk. We are live in Studio B with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. Once again, I'm Spencer Linton. That is Jerem Jordan. All right, speaking of the elk, he was kind enough to speak with Jason Shepard following practice yesterday. One-on-one BYU Sports Nation All Access. Isaac, I have waited an entire year <laughs> to ask you a certain question. It's probably something that only I want the answer to but I'm finally going to get my chance. All right, I want to hear it. On the back of your jersey, I-Rex. Why the I? There's no other Rex on the team. So I'm curious why. I wish I knew the answer to that, but I have a brother. My only like thing that I could think of for why they put I on the back is Preston, my brother, was committed last year. He was thinking about maybe coming before his mission for a year, but he decided to head out. And so maybe they he had he was on the roster for maybe a couple seconds, but maybe they just wanted to. No one really knew who I was last year, so they needed like an extra eye on there. So because Rex wasn't good enough, they maybe thought I was Byron or Preston or some other. Rex. Well, see, I thought maybe it had something to do with your dad. That maybe you said I, I want to be I Rex. I want the the designation. No. But I, okay, so you had no idea either. I had no idea. It just was on there. And I was kind of just went with it. I didn't want to complain about it because I know the equipment guys work so hard for it, for us <laughs> and for everyone. But uh, guess what? I don't know the answer. But are we uh, going to see I Rex again this year? I might as well keep it. It worked well last year. Twelve so. touchdowns. Yeah, pretty good freshman season. It's I would like, say. I'm pretty superstitious too with uh, like equipment and stuff. I kind of like whatever. I, if I played good one game, I wear the exact same thing the next game. And so I was thinking maybe I just keep the I Rex and. Roll with it. So does that mean you basically wore the same thing the entire year because they're well, pretty much every game? I had a game? couple tough games. <laughs> but, I mean, no, I, uh, I, I just like wearing what I feel comfortable in, and then uh, I am pretty superstitious, so I eat the same food and all that. It's kind of weird. but After the type of year that not just you had personally but the team had, how much more excitement is there for you heading into this year to build off of that? Well, I'm just excited to – 
playing some in front of a lot of fans. I haven't had that full capacity feel yet, and I'm excited for to play some really good teams like Arizona and Utah and Arizona State and a bunch of other good teams early on in our schedule. But I feel like we're, our momentum's picking up in practice, and we're starting to get back to where we uh, we're feeling comfortable. And the quarterbacks look great, and all the other positions look great. So I'm just excited to be out here playing. Even though there's going to be a different quarterback, how much nicer is it for you and your teammates that the offense is going to be the same, that, yep. that you're going to be able to continue that and you don't have to – that you can build off it from a continuity standpoint? Yeah, no, honestly, last year, especially early on, I was thinking a lot about the scheme, about the plays, about what I had to do on this specific play. And now that I know the offense really well, it's you could just play and not have to worry about what's going on and – uh, this different front and this different bl- these blitzes and what's my assignment? I could just play freely and and uh, play with confidence. As we talked about at the beginning of the interview, quite a freshman season for you. Do you feel the need to to top that to be better than that, or is it just go out and play your best and whatever happens happens? Yeah, I think it's just go out and play my best. I mean, I have high expectations for myself, but also we have a lot of great uh, guys on a lot of great skill positions. I mean, we have. Two, I mean, a lot of great running backs. We got a lot of great receivers, a lot of great tight ends, a lot of great quarterbacks. So, I mean, we got to – not everyone could have the ball every play. So, um, I'm just going to go out there, play my best for my team, and help them win. Well, let's talk about the uh, tight end position. Obviously, it's probably one of the most lethal and deep positions, certainly mm-hmm. on the offense – how good do you think this group can be? Because a lot of people, including myself, are pretty excited to see what this can do. I think we could be really, really good. Like, like just watching us in, in practice and watching the other guys, like we are so talented at um, every position. But I think tight end could be one of the most talented positions because Holker looks great off his mission. He looks really good and fast and explosive. And obviously Carter and Mason, the, the fullback, and Lane and Bentley, like we have a lot of good players. So... Um, I'm excited to watch um, these guys work in practice, and then I'm going to contribute to that room also. What's, and granted, it's only been a couple of days, but how has camp gone for you and the offense? It's gone really well. I feel like early on it was kind of tough getting back into it, but we're starting to pick up, and we're starting to um, feel like we were later on this season last year, and honestly um, throughout all last year where our offense was clicking. So we're we're feeling good. We're getting used to the quarterbacks, you know, because – it's uh, kind of tough working with three but three or four, but we're, uh, we're getting used to them, and they're throwing great balls, and they're making us look good. What areas do, you, do maybe you feel need improvement, and what do the coaches talk to you guys in terms of, of your position group that maybe there's some improvement that still needs to be made? Uh, for me personally, I could always get better uh, blocking. Uh, we're going to play some really big DNs, some really big linebackers this year, so I could always get better on my technique and blocking. Um, route running. I feel like um, I've gone better since last year, but I could always improve on that. There's so much I can improve, and that's what, why we're here for eight hours a day, ten hours, like because we're just trying to get better and and to work. But um, I could say this: I, I feel a lot more comfortable at this time than um, than last year at this time. So I feel good and. I'm ready to roll. It's probably pretty scary for opposing defenses to hear that they're a little <laughs> bit more comfortable after what you did last year. So let's let's look ahead just quickly to Arizona. You guys have obviously a couple more weeks of practice, but how excited are you guys to be able to, like you said, play in front of fans? You're heading down to Vegas, Arizona, to finally get this thing started. Well, I think we're going to be the first uh, full capacity 
uh, fans in that stadium, right? So that place is going to be rocking. I heard they already sold like 50,000 tickets or something. And so I literally like stay up at night um, dreaming about that game. So I'm so excited to be rolling and uh, to go play the Wildcats. All right, last thing. Some uh, some personal news. In fact, I think we're I think we're going to break a little news here. Uh, a, a big change in in your life, in your personal life. Would you like to uh, let everybody know what's going on? Well, a lot of people didn't think I could actually get a girlfriend, and then I did that, <laughs> including Kiki right here. She really she told me she said you can't get a girlfriend. You're not. She's agreeing. She's not. She says yeah, it's true. You're not good looking enough, and you don't she have the personality. And so she she told me that, and I took that to heart. I took that personally, and then I got a girlfriend. <laughs> And I was able to actually, she actually stuck around with me. And so we're, uh, I got engaged uh, yesterday, so I'm really excited. And her name's Lexi Davies. She uh, played volleyball at UVU. She's very beautiful and tall. And we're going to make great uh, Division One babies. For BYU. For the Cougars. Yes, that's what I, that's so what I like the to the class hear. of 2040, <laughs> watch out because our kids are coming. <laughs> Isaac, great stuff. Congratulations on the life news, certainly. And uh, I know everybody's looking forward to, uh, to another fun season. Thanks for taking the time. Of course. Thank you. Appreciate it. <laughs> oh my the elk. Isaac Rex. Great Division One babies. <laughs> We're going to make great Division One babies. He's not the only great BYU athlete to go the Utah Valley volleyball player route. Yoli, Yoli Child also with Megan. With Megan, yeah. yes. Oh, they're great. They're great. And and what a uh, yeah, great stuff from Jason. What a great freshman year he had. Like I I think he'll be hard pressed over to topple twelve touchdowns in a season. For those that don't know, that's tied for fifth in BYU history in a year. For touchdown catches. I mean, any pass catch. I mean, Cody Cody Hoffman never had 12 in a season. Dennis Pitt definitely never had 12 in a season. I mean, it's incredible. And our stat of the day illustrates another point. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Isaac Rex had a touchdown catch every 3.1 catches in 2020. Yep. I've got to dig into this a little more, but of what I've found so far, if you go like minimum 25 catches, that's number one in BYU history. 37. I I need to dig in a little more. But. He had 37 total catches. Yes. 12, 12 touchdowns. touchdowns. That is unbelievable. That's crazy, right? What he did was pretty remarkable. So keep it up, Isaac. All right. Vision one, baby. I think we need some overreactions, Jerem. Let's, let's, uh, let's keep this thing rolling. Coming up, we overreact <laughs> to day four fall camp highlights. And in what world is St. Mary's better off than BYU? I feel gross just asking that. In the multiverse. This is BYU Sports. Why is that still on the Deli No! Do we really need that here still? This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Visible Supply Chain Management. On the latest Deep Blue podcast, I speak with new BYU TV sports producer Hemahe Muli about his path to BYU as an aviation science major to Delta to KSL. Honoring culture in his work and, of course, his amazing dad, Lake, Uncle Hema. I got Hema's autograph. Listen on the BYU Radio app or where podcasts are found. He is Jerem Jordan. I am Spencer Linton, and this is a Tuesday edition of BYU Sports Nation. Let's whip it! Cougar Whip Round presented by Visible Supply Chain Management, tackling America's most challenging shipping problems. Two more Arizona State assistant coaches are on administrative leave as a result of an investigation into dead period recruiting violations last year. That's three total now, the tight end wide receivers and DB coaches. Will this affect the game against BYU on September 18th? Yes, how can it not? There's this air of uncertainty around Arizona State's camp. You get used to your coaches, how they coach you in the heat of battle. Like If they're not there... 
and you got to come to Pro Bowl and play that game, how can it not have at least a little bit of an impact? Yeah, it's weird. It's a weird time at Arizona State with so much uncertainty out there. I, I wouldn't want to be in that scenario. Yeah, I'm not sure by week three how much it will. Like, maybe they miss fall camp and they're back for week one. We don't know how long they're out on administratively. Fun fact, there were a few BYU assistant coaches who had COVID exposure or COVID issues around the Boise State game. Fun fact, they weren't on the sideline, and you didn't notice. And BYU clobbered the Broncos. So Fair point. Sometimes it doesn't always have an impact, but perhaps it does. COVID and being sick, however, I think is different than breaking rules, right? There's a, there's a different feel. I guess. They're just gone. But yeah. Yeah. BYU basketball's offseason was ranked 22nd nationally. Apparently, the offseason itself was ranked? Apparently we're ranking offseasons now. <laughs> Whatever. Jerem, does this make BYU automatically, because of their offseason, the second best West Coast Conference team and a team that feels locked for the NCAA tournament? I don't feel, well, I feel like this team has got to be in the NCAA tournament. Locked feels like a strong word there. It's like, eh, things can happen that would mitigate that and... and I am going to start ranking the rankings. Um, so anyone that makes a ranking, I will then <laughs> compile said rankings, and then I will give it to Big Game Boomer and have Big Game Boomer put it out. Yes, but what was their off-season rank? Yeah, what was the on-season? <laughs> Don't rank the on-season. I feel like I feel strongly the BYU is the tournament team right yeah. now. Yeah. The recent additions, like the way the roster is made up now, I feel like BYU is pacing to be a single-digit seed for the third straight season. That'd be incredible, man. What a start for Mark Pope this Go get a win and set NCAA. I know, right? Speaking of, Joe Lenardi of ESPN has some bracketology out. BYU's third team in and an 11 seed uh, total. Will BYU do better than that in March? Yes. Just to answer that, I think BYU is going to be a single-digit seed once again. It's great that they're in this early, and I know that Lenardi is giving Mark Pope and his roster some respect, but... I feel like BYU will be a single-digit seed, not an 11. As much as we love that 11 seed. I do seed, love 11, though, The 11 seed is fun because it feels like there's a Cinderella story every year at yes. the 11 seed line. Six six is great. 11 is great. You're playing in the same game, by the way. BYU uh, lost to an 11 favored. seed UCLA last year. Really? <laughs> Dang it. I just, spoiler alert, I just found that out. Oh. Gosh. Okay, so in the same bracketology, though, Lenardi has St. Mary's a 10 seed. Okay. Five spots ahead of BYU couple of things there. First, is the West Coast Conference going to be a three-bid conference this year? Hopefully. Talking to Mark Pope a couple weeks ago, was it last week? He felt like it might be four bids. He felt like there might be a four team that gets in there. That'd be great for the league. That'd be awesome. Okay. and uh, um, So, yes, I do think it will be a three-bid league. I haven't dived into St. Mary's quite yet, but I my, my guess is they had an off year. They'll be back. They're St. Mary's. They win a ton. My second question is, we don't have time really to answer it. Is, does St. Mary's deserve to be in a better seating position than BYU? Never. <laughs> that is the correct answer. No, sometimes they do. <laughs> USA Today's preseason coaches polls out. As we mentioned, BYU six out, receiving 53 votes. Bigger deal for BYU being six out or having one opponent ranked currently, USC at 14. For me, it's having the one-ranked opponent because we've been circling that game as the toughest game that's on BYU's schedule. I thought there'd be a second or a third. Well, and Utah is one spot out. So if Utah, which they will, win their first game against, I think, Weber State, Utah can very well be ranked. But then gets knocked out in their second game. Oh, snap. And then BYU See what I did there in my supervised opinion? Top 25? Yeah. It's a bigger deal that there's one ranked opponent right now. Although USC, that's that's a tough game to close the season on the road, number 14. Yes, hopefully they're super trunky going into maybe the Pac-12 Saturday. 
The AP will release its top 25 preseason poll on Monday. Brett McMurphy tweeted, awesome. Only one more week until the more than usual, quote, you're an idiot, Y-O-U-R, <laughs> responses. Can't wait for that. Uh, Jerem, do you expect BYU to receive votes in the AP top 25? Yeah, receive votes, yeah. I think it'll be something similar. BYU will be out. Okay. Coastal, Carolina, and Louisiana are in the uh, Coach Bowl top 25. They must return their quarterbacks. What will the Ryanters say about Coastal Carolina? Are you wearing a Coastal Carolina shirt today? Uh, no. It's not quite it's teal. Not teal. It's not quite teal. It's like a aqua blue. Trust me, I know what teal looks like. <laughs> yes. Apparently, I didn't. And I can never that forget out. the color of that field in Conway, South Carolina. Ugh. Top ten big game boomer ranking, Jerem. Here we go. There's another one. Put it on the board. Yes. Tyler Algier and Lopini Catella rank as the eighth best returning running back duo in college football. Okay. Are you shocked BYU isn't higher here? No, that's fair. No, that's good. There's some really good ones. Like Alabama's at four, you know what I mean, with two guys that didn't even play a ton last year. But you look at Arizona State, uh, Rashad White and uh, Chip Traham. I can't uh, right behind wait. them. They're pretty good. I can't wait for Arizona State with all that talent to underperform. Amazing. <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> <laughs> the new UCLA. <laughs> Coming up, more Isaac Rex in Top 5 Tuesday. The Elk. We all know championships are won on day four of training camp. It's an overreaction special <laughs> Yes, next. they are. This is BYU Sports Nation. Yes, they are. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU TV is sending two Cougar fans, not named John Wilner, to the season opener against Arizona and Las Vegas. <laughs> One grand prize winner gets a trip for two, including flight, transportation, and lodging, plus tickets to the game. Five second-place winners will receive a BYU football fan pack and a Roku. Follow BYU TV Sports on social media for details. Winners will be selected, and random entry does not guarantee a prize. Although, random uh, entrance to Spencer Linton guarantees an autograph or a picture. Okay. The winners will be announced August 20th on BYU Sports Nation. Today's word is, and this is one word, Cougar Nation. Cougar two, Nation. Two one words word. combined into one. One word. Cougar Nation. Yeah, the day uh, John Wilner and Jerry Palm get tickets from BYU is the day Las Vegas freezes over. <laughs> they might have froze. There was some freezing going on in February, right? <laughs> Texas had it really bad. All right. Uh, we're doing it live in the studio, Bizzle. It's time for Overreaction Tuesday. Four days in to BYU football training camp. Let's overreact to some highlights, Jerem, starting with this. Jaron Hall. That's it. Looking for his buddy, Nil Pau. Oh, yeah. So smooth okay. outside of the pocket. I was told yesterday by someone, I'm not going to say who, Nil Pau is the best receiver on the team right now. Ooh. That's what I was told. More than Puka Nakua, more than Samson Nakua, more than Gunnar Ross. Neil's, Neil's crushing it. Neil's crushing it. Okay. Okay. So is that an overreaction or is that just uh, <laughs> a fact of truth? Just, just trust me that this is a, a, a good source here. True facts of truth. Just trust me. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm going to say that uh, Jaron Hall can throw an out at 65 miles an hour with a football. Oh, gosh. There's no way. <laughs> uh, okay. Next one. Baylor Romney throwing to, again, Neil Powell. Okay. Neil Powell crushing it. Oh, a little, oh, little wobbly. That's all right. All right. Um, Keenan Peter was covering Neil, so Neil a little bit, you know, able to get some separation there. All right. How am I going to overreact this? Let's in. see. Uh, Neil Pau 
Baylor won't be the starter because of that single throw. <laughs> he, he won't start because his ball was wobbling. Because he had one duck. Come on. <laughs> Mind you, it was still caught and it was still completed caught and accurate. First down, probably. Yeah, all good. <laughs> that is a proper overreaction. Yeah, that's an overreaction. Uh, you had a wobble, so we're going to go with somebody else. Yeah, see ya. No. Number three, Jacob Conover. This time for Gunnar Romney. Okay. Mm. Mm. Again, w- not in, not for a touchdown. Although, just wait. The spiral. Does Jacob Conover throw the tightest spiral of any BYU quarterback ever? <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> what? What's our next one? Just show us one. We'll we'll react to it. Okay. I think it's more Conover. Isaac Rex. Hey, tight that's, spiral, Jared. That's a touchdown. Who? That's Conover <laughs> to Isaac Rex. The elk. <laughs> I think his antler got inside the pylon with the ball. Okay. So we're good. Hey, Isaac knows how to find the end zone. We need to get Gunnar Romney into the end zone. Right? Oh, Gunner. Yeah. Yeah. All right, number five. Gunner's incredible. Just Je- here's Jaron Hall to Gunner Romney. Is this does this go for a touchdown? Oh. Uh, in in seven on seven, yes. Okay. That, hey, that overreaction, Jaron Hall will be the starter based on that throw. Just based on that throw. The, the seam? Throw. Yes. Just that beautiful throw? Yes. It's also nice when there's no six foot three, three hundred twenty five defensive lineman breathing down your neck. <laughs> this is true. And five dudes backing up into you. Okay. One more to overreact to. And this one is uh, on the highlight reel for the entirety of camp. Hobbs Nyberg! Oh! Oh! Hobbs Nyberg. Let's overreact. He's the greatest former BYU baseball player to play <laughs> football for the Cougars. I called his brother's games uh, Chunner. Uh, yeah, Chunner Nyberg. Yeah. That's right. Um, and his dad, Brent, played receiver on like the 98 team, right? Hobbs was a scholarship baseball player at BYU. And opted to give that up to be a walk-on for the football team. Wow. Well, your scholarship in baseball is like point three, right? Don't there, let you have details le- get in right. the way of a great you're, story, my Jim. My bad. My bad. Come I'll on, just be over man. here. I'll just be over here. Hobbs Nyberg. Uh, I wish there was a dude named Shaw on the team so bad. We could have some fun with that. Also, based on that, he's got the best hands on the team, Jerem. Best hands on the team. Best Hobbs, hands on the team. Hobbs, Hobbs Nyberg. Nyberg. Let's go. Coming up, a former BYU TV teammate in a Saturday night spotlight. And we cap the day off. Featuring the elk and his top five touchdown catches. It's an Isaac Rex show, man. <laughs> Division one babies. <laughs> this is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Delta Airlines. Keep climbing. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding you forward. BYU Sports Station, always available on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. Download the podcast to hear more about the elk, Isaac Rex. It is Top 5 Tuesday featuring Isaac Rex and his Top 5 Tuesdays, or Top 5 Touchdowns, presented by Delta Airlines. Keep climbing at number 5, Jerem. October 31st, a Halloween dish versus Western Kentucky. Rex grabbed four passes for 31 yards, including this touchdown. Made it a common theme to catch these 50-50 balls. And that's just unfair. He's six foot six. BYU beat the Hilltoppers forty-one to ten. They were the Hill Bottomers, Jim. Okay. You know what? Next <laughs> number <laughs> number four. Dad jokes. Uh, trick play touchdown against UCF. You saw it. You were there yeah. with your own eyes. You, right had a great, you had a great view of this. Right into me. Thanks uh, to your wife, Brittany, for having mm-hmm. a baby. So I yep. go to this game. That was great. Career had 96 receiving yards in that bowl game. Five catches. Touchdown, Isaac Rex. Yeah, you ran right into me there. I said, hi, Isaac. And he didn't answer me. You couldn't hear me. Number three. 
a diving TD catch against Texas State October 24th. One of the few times Rex, uh, you know, scored from outside the red zone. Long throw to Isaac. Diving catch into the end zone. Awesome. 66 yards in that game. You beat the Bobcats 52-14. Look at that protection from the offensive line. And Zach's chuck with the, getting his hips squared and, and shoulders squared across the field. Incredible. Number two. Same game. October 21st against the Bobcats. And Rex mosses over the defenders. They just keep getting better as we see the final one in this top five. Give me that! Just don't get used to this kind of defense. No. For this year. Five catches, two touchdowns. Isaac Rex, man. He had five multi-touchdown games last year. Five. It's incredible. And the number one touchdown catch from last year's 12 against San Diego State. December 12th, the latest game in Provo ever. Back of the end zone snag. The diving catch yes, from Rex. Yes, Isaac. Antlers inside the end zone for the grab. Five grabs, 47 yards, 28-14 win to close out the regular season. The last game for Dax Milne, Brady Christian, Zach Wilson, and the seniors. Get there those, it is. Get those hoods down, baby. There, there it is. <laughs> that sound is the worst. Our question of the day. <laughs> uh, as we cycle back and ask you what value would BYU bring to the Pac-12, here's looking at you, John Wilner. Thanks for inspiring today's question. Um our elite voice today, presented by Sundance Mountain Resort, comes from at I Like Sports 06 on Twitter. <laughs> the 05 was taken and no four. Twitter banter, okay? The Twitter banter. <laughs> That's what BYU would bring to the we back twelve. Cougar board. <laughs> we can't do better than Twitter banter. Twitter banter. Oh man. The elite voice of the day. Okay. How about that? Today's rise and shout-outs presented by Mountain America Credit Union, the official credit union of the BYU Cougars. Holly Rowe. Uh, well as, done, Holly. As we mentioned, former True Blue host, KBYU host, Cougar Sports Insider back in the day. Saturday night, football on ABC. Sideline gig, Isaac Rex getting engaged. And Brady Christensen listed as the backup right tackle on the Pat Panthers' unofficial depth. Let's go. Our thanks to today's guest, Isaac Rex. The Isaac Rex Show. Sorry to Dennis Pitta. We featured a tight end that's... Still playing and caught more touchdowns. <laughs> We're Jeremiah Spencer. Shout out to Gordon Hudson. Let's make it an all tight end show. Mm-hmm. We'll see you for more BYU Sports Station tomorrow morning, noon Eastern. Go Cougs.